on the run. My name is Lydia and that song's called Push and Pull by one of my favorite Canadian bands called July Talk. Hope you enjoyed that. I know that I played it a little bit longer than usual. Um, and I think it's really apropos for today's episode which deals with the push and pull of relationships especially around conflict or uh, what we in my field call the pursuer-distancer pattern. Um, this dynamic is very popular between couples. You can check it out on my blog. I have actually written about it in the past. And I think it always deserves a bit more attention than we think. Why? Because often couples fail to see that it's the pattern they've created which is the problem and not really the person they chose or that they married. Uh, or we can say it in a different way, it's not really our partner, but the energy that we put out between each other when we're upset with our partner. So, uh, welcome to today's topic, the pursuer distancer pattern. I think I talk about patterns of behavior a lot. In fact, I often tell couples that uh, when it comes to relationships, it's not that people are bad, it's that their patterns are often bad, <laughs> especially when they get upset with each other. Uh, these patterns are uh, most often attempts to manage fears, you know, around intimacy of uh, either being too separate or too close. I guess in other ways it's a, a way of managing you know our own anxiety, right? In a nutshell, pursuing partners feel controlled by their distancing partners, while uh, distancing partners often feel controlled by their so-called nagging partners. <laughs> and um, it's because they each perceive the other as behaving badly with each other that it often fuels and leaves behind ill feelings towards one another. However, when we're given the opportunity to untangle the pattern between the couple, let's say, between both partners in the couple, um, not only can we understand one another better, but also unstick ourselves from the poor pattern by choosing to work on it. But awareness is really key. Um, and awareness helps um, us uh, unstick or uh, prevents us from staying stuck in resentment of one another. So let's try to bring some more clarity to this uh, in today's Love on the Run episode, shall we? Uh, 
Okay, the most common pattern I see in my work with couples is a demanding spouse interacting with a distancing partner. Typically in my practice, I most often hear women complaining of wanting more affection or more interaction and intimacy with their partners. So what they do when they feel that way is that they pursue their partner for more connection. They pursue their partner for more connection because they mostly feel shut out and uh, demand and even complain and oftentimes even criticize in an attempt to connect back to their partner. And typically it's the men who distance, shut down and stonewall to avoid arguments and criticism. Remember those lethal weapons? Criticism, stonewalling. I hope you're remembering them because they're really important. Um, yeah, so it's typically the men that I see who choose to distance and shut down and stonewall uh, to avoid the arguments and the criticism that they, they feel uh, coming from, let's say, their female counterparts. And what I often notice is that they distance partly because they fear being undermined and um, also because they fear being close. However, the roles can also be the other way around. You know, it's not always men being one way and women the other way. I mean, stereotypes do exist. Generalizations do exist. But uh, oftentimes, uh, we can also see where it's the woman who distances while the man pursues. In my field, it's an equal gender opportunity. <laughs> um, but as I've already blogged before, the most uh, observable characteristics of the pursuer-distancer pattern are uh, that pursuers tend to react to anxiety by seeking greater togetherness in their relationship. And they also place a high value on talking things out and expressing feelings and believe that others should do the same. So those are the typical pursuer traits, if you will. Uh, some more traits are that pursuers feel rejected and take it personally when their partner wants more time and space alone or uh, a bit of time away from the relationship. Pursuers also um, work harder when a partner seeks distance from them, and they can also go into cold withdrawal when their efforts fail. So it's quite a different world for a pursuer than a distancer. They also receive names such as being too dependent, too demanding, or too nagging from their so-called distancing partner, right? They criticize their partner as someone who can't handle feelings or tolerate closeness, hence why are you shutting down from me, right? They approach their partner with a sense of urgency usually or emotional intensity whenever they feel anxious. So those are the typical traits of a pursuer style. On the flip side of that or counter to that uh, is the distancer. Now distancers, distancers tend to seek emotional distance and physical space when they feel their stress is high. They also consider themselves to be uh, more self-reliant, if you will, uh, more private in nature, uh, more like, you know, uh, do-it-yourselfers than help-seekers. 
as a personality trait. They typically have difficulty showing their needy, vulnerable, and dependent side. They also receive labels such as unavailable or uh, withholding and emotionally shut down or disengaged from their partner. So those are the typical kind of criticisms they hear. And distancers manage anxiety in the relationship by intensifying attention to maybe uh, work, their careers, or work-related projects, or maybe they withdraw into technology or sports, um, sometimes even addictions. They have a lower tolerance for conflict and give up easily on their partner because oftentimes their mind script is telling them it's not worth trying to discuss it with them. So um, oftentimes they open up most freely when they aren't being pushed or pursued or criticized by their partner. And this is important to remember because this could change the pattern, right? So, in order to recognize whether you're a pursuer or a distancer, I think it's helpful if maybe perhaps you often hear yourself saying things like, I feel like I'm way down the priority list, I come after the kids, after work, after his family, and maybe then there's some time for me. So that's what a pursuer would say. If you can identify with that, that's a pursuer. Or something like, well, he's always preoccupied. He's never there for me. Pursuer. Uh, or it's like we're more like roommates these days. He just doesn't want to make love to me. I feel shut out. Um, that's often what a pursuer would say. Uh, I don't know what he's feeling is a typical line that I hear, or he just watches TV all the time. The only time he pays attention to me is when he wants sex. Yep, typically that's what pursuers say and do. And distancers on the flip side would often say things like, I don't know what I feel, I'm so lost. I never get it right for her. She's always complaining. She's never satisfied. Yep, that's what typically distancing men tell me uh, whenever I work with couples ironing out their patterns of behavior that keep mucking up their marriage, let's say. Uh, other things that distancers would say would be, I can't sit down for a moment without her complaining about me. Or I feel numb. Uh, or she asks me all the time what I'm feeling and I don't know what to say. I feel like I'm dangling from the end of a thread and she's going to leave me at any moment. Yeah, so those are oftentimes the vulnerabilities that distancers often are uh, dealing with. So do you see the pattern, the differences between the pursuers and the distancers? So a stereotypical wife may feel lonely and unimportant to her husband who feels a sense of inadequacy that he can't get it right for her, so he distances. And this in turn makes her angry and she nags and criticizes and then demands uh, for him to change his behavior. 
whereas this confirms to the husband his belief that he's inadequate, not measuring up, he feels that whatever he does will not be good enough, so he in turn distances further. Each person's position here in this cycle and reaction reinforces the position of the other. This is why we call it oftentimes a vicious cycle, because his distance increases her pursuit and vice versa. But what's important to keep in mind is that under this vicious cycle or pattern are real important vulnerable feelings, which need to be identified. I always tell my couples that anger is like a camouflage emotion. It masks the other feelings we're trying to cover up in order to protect ourselves from feeling vulnerable with each other. Always think of anger. I think it's very helpful to think of anger like the tip of the iceberg. It's what we see above the water level, right? And beneath the water level are all these other feelings and emotions that are often, you know, uh, covered up uh, by anger, but that often come along with the anger. And uh, typically it's things like sadness and fear and hurt and confusion and, and worrisome behavior, or, you know, being worried, um, nervousness, uh, loneliness. Uh, oh, my God, the list goes on. Uh, one of these days I'll do a, a nice uh, podcast on this emotion called anger because it's really important to understand it. But the bottom line is that if each partner could only see what the other is really feeling, it would be so much easier to make sense of this uh, pattern of pursuing and distancing together. Kind of like a dance, eh? Pursuer, distancer, dance. And I think that's what Harriet Lerner, if you ever Google her, you'll find more information and um, interesting articles about this pattern or dance pattern. But whenever I work with those uh, more familiar with the distancing part of this dance, let's call it, I often hear people saying uh, that they feel rejected or inadequate or uh, feel shame often, uh, feel that they're not enough somehow. Um, they're afraid of failure often, they're scared often, overwhelmed, numb, frozen, empty, comes up often as well, unloved, not wanted, judged, criticized, even controlled, whereas the pursuers often feel or identify with feelings such as hurt, rejection, alone, feeling unloved, invisible, isolated, abandoned, taken for granted, desperate, disconnected, deprived, as well as controlled. Now, my work from my perspective, or my objective rather, is to help the couple reframe each other's positions and understand that whether you're in the role of a distancer or pursuer, you're both still creating a dance of disconnection with one another. And my job is to help them learn how to replace these bad patterns with actions that can help keep them in partnership, especially when times get rough. So in essence, you know, my goal is like threefold, um, is to help the distancing partner to see that their pursuing partner is really feeling unloved 
and that when they criticize and um, demand, when their partner actually criticizes or demands, it's really a request for love. So to try to understand it from that perspective. My goal is also to help the pursuing partner see that their distancing partner underneath wants to connect to, but is feeling too criticized or, um, in fact, inadequate or fearful or even too overwhelmed to respond to their partner. It also helps, I think, to point out that to the pursuer that distancing might be an attempt to protect the relationship by preventing emotions, especially aggressive or angry emotions, from overwhelming the relationship. So it's important to reframe and understand how the emotions are playing out here, how the vulnerability is playing out. But both partners uh, with support can be guided to loosen and soften their interactional pattern of this push and pull uh, type of dynamic and find ways to safely reconnect. They need to understand that. They need to find faith in trying to resolve this. Because in the end, the healing can only come in relationship. And I think that's what we're going to look at next time together. We're going to take a deeper dive into relational mindfulness. So uh, please join me here on Love on the Run. And in the meantime, know you can always find more helpful information for your relationship needs at letstalkaboutlove.ca, where I talk about love, blog about love, and post a whole bunch of free stuff, too, on my Let's Talk About Love Facebook page. So until then, please become my friend. <laughs> until next time, may you always strive to make the most of your relationships by choosing love. Take good care. Bye for now. <laughs>